Hello and welcome to Zeus Plug. We're on floor 1056. This episode has already been running for about 38 years. Uh, I'm John O'Park and joining me this week is Brendan Jones from Flight Through Entirety and Paul Schoons from the latest DWM special. Welcome to you both. Thank you very much for having me. Paul, can you just explain what I was just talking about then? <laughs> I have an article in the uh, latest essential Doctor Who um, magazine from Panini about excellent. space adventures and comic strips. Oh, oh! did you write the article on the space pirates? No, I didn't. I just did the one on the comic strips. Ah, oh, fantastic. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which I'm sure is which I'm sure is just as good as the one on the Space Pirates. Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> awesome. Uh, now, I have to do one small slight apology. Some people would have noticed that there wasn't an episode last week, which, um, to be fair, if there was any episode this season where an episode was dropped, I think probably last episode would have been it, right? Oh, uh, Jono, you are, I think, the first person I've spoken to who, it seems, disliked that episode as much as I did. <laughs> Everyone else on Flight Through Entirety adored it. <laughs> oh. Paul, did you briefly? Um, for me, it was average. I wouldn't say it was exceptionally good, but I didn't dislike it either. There we go. And enough said. Um, <laughs> let's move straight on to uh, something a little bit more exciting. World Enough in Time, episode uh, 11 of series 10. And wow. Now, I it took a couple of days to actually see this um, and have now seen it twice. So I had to try and stay off social media. But generally, generally from what I'm gathering, the sense is that people are thinking this is one of the all-time great new series episodes. Do you guys agree with that, Brendan? Um, you know what? It is, it is certainly up there. And it's, it gives me the same kind of feeling... Not necessarily as, say, The Stolen Earth, which I think is still the best first part of a finale, but, you know, it's it's up there with Russell's other stuff, it's up there with Pandorica Opens Big Bang. Um, so, yeah, and I would easily give it a 9, so, you know, that would put it inside my top 50, I suppose, because I give out far too many 10s. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think it was, if not one of the best episodes of the new series, just a, a genuinely excellent episode on its own I'm going to be picky here uh, mm-hmm. but why is it a 9 and not a 10 um, it may go up to a 10 depending on the conclusion right um, basi- <laughs> basically uh, basically, I want Bill to survive and if Bill doesn't survive it's a 9 if Bill survives it's a 10 <laughs> <laughs> right um, Paul Paul what did you think I'm with Brendan in that I'm kind of um, reserving my judgment a little bit for the conclusion because of a two-part story. It's, you know, you can, you can do all the setup and the setup can be fantastic, but it, the, the, the first part suffers if the follow-through isn't there. Um, so I'm going to <laughs> Sound a drum. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> there, I mean, you know, there, there, are many examples we, there are many examples we can pull out of that. Um, but, you know... By the same token, sometimes things do follow through and we get a, a solid second half too. So I'm not, I'm not saying that's going to necessarily be the case. Um, if it does, if the quality does hold up next week and also in the Christmas special, then it, it, it is really is Moffat's era going out on a high. It definitely. Man, it's well directed. Yeah. Like, it, it uh, is creepy, funny... Uh, exciting, everything. It's just all, it, it's, 
I was watching it again and just the little bits, especially like um, the the bits where they jump between the screen, which is frozen, and then sort of jumping into real time up on the top floor and back mm, and forth mm. with that. It's so, so nice and so scary. Yeah, I think the Capaldi, ish- the Capaldi era in particular and Rachel Talele specifically is some of the strongest direction we've ever seen in the new series. Like, uh, even Sleep No More, which is in my personal bottom five of all time, is beautifully directed. Mm. So, yeah, but, I yeah, you know, Rachel Talele and Daniel Netheim, for me, are the two standout directors of this era. And, you know, we can start talking about it as an era because there's two episodes left of it, which oh is God. sad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's weird to think. I'm I'm not ready for Capaldi to leave yet. <laughs> I'm in no. denial. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the nice thing is of all the new series Doctors, I think we'll have the shortest gap between him finishing on television and putting out 17 box sets from Big Finish. So that's a good <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about the... I mean, this is just a really another example of Stephen Moffat kind of tying loose ends together. Um, and certainly this looks like it's going to tell the story of how the Cybermen came to be. Happy with that? Was it nice to have a bit of mystery about them before? Um, it's almost a... I wonder if we're getting a bit of a parallel thing again, because it's not actually on Mondas, is it? So technically mm. they're... I, I, I read it that they're, they're evolving in parallel to Mondas. So we're almost getting another version of the Cybus Men, only this one's a lot closer to what we understand. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's I think that's incredibly clever because we've we've already got the brilliant spare parts. And on the one hand, I think that Stephen Moffat as a fan probably enjoys spare parts. I know very few people who don't. So he wouldn't want to overwrite that, but at the same time he doesn't if he wants to tell a story about the cybermen beginning he doesn't want to feel hampered by that you know what i mean it's kind of the reason that um when disney acquired star wars and decided to make the new star wars films they decanonize the extended universe not to say these stories aren't important but we don't want to contradict them we want to tell our own stories so i think as as you say um paul because it's a parallel thing it's Mondasian humans who are aboard this ship. And so when they are given the same situation, they evolve in the same pattern to become the Cybermen. And it also beautifully, beautifully explains why they look slightly different because that's something mm. that so many people online were complaining about. Oh, you know, oh, you know the accordion unit is about an inch and a half too long. Moth must go. Hashtag moth must go. By setting it in a parallel position, all bets are off. Because we don't know what the fate of the people on the spaceship is. We don't know where that ends up at this point. Whereas if, if the story took place on Mondas, and it was a two-parter, we'd all be sitting here going, well, we know eventually the planet's going to end up in Earth's orbit, and they're going to you know, go down to Antarctica and all that sort of thing. We know where yes, that storyline yes, goes. Yeah, hmm, very Antarctica. True. Hmm, hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, are we not? Are we not just thinking that that's Antarctica in the first shot? Maybe you know, it, it. It certainly could be. And I gather that that pre-titles wasn't in the press screener a couple of weeks ago, and was actually only shot two weeks ago in order to preserve that surprise. 
Um, right. It was only shot two weeks ago because two. it's from it's from the special that's currently in production. Uh, well, I suppose that's a possibility as well. If this is actually a three-parter leading into Christmas, that's that's that, that's, that's my understanding. I could ah, be wrong, but that's my understanding. No. Well, that 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 actually makes perfect sense. I ju- I noticed a journalist um, said that on Twitter. Like, no, we didn't see that scene either. And I mm. think I retweeted it. But do you think I can remember the journalist's name? No, of course not. <laughs> never never name your sources. Maybe that's why the um, regeneration effects were a bit patchy. Because just oh, saying. <laughs> I I look. I can't say I particularly noticed that. But maybe if I go back and look now, I will. <laughs> God, I think I'm just I've just turned super picky for some reason <laughs> over the season. Because I do. I um. Would you guys? How do you guys feel about the last five minutes? Because I think I I felt this way both times watching it, and also a lot of reviews I've read since seem to say the same thing, which is, oh my God, if they'd kept the secrets or managed to keep the secrets somehow that would have been the most jaw-dropping, amazing cliffhanger. Um, but everything was given away. Yeah, I mean, I think the giveaway with the Cyberman, Cybermen being in it, you, you know, they were shooting on location. That was never going to stay in. I think what happened with the whole Master thing was they tried to repeat the Asylum of the Daleks premiere because the Asylum of the Daleks um, premiere at the BFI, like two, three weeks before broadcast, um, Moffat got up afterwards and said, now look, I know there's press in the audience and I know you're surprised that Jenna was in the episode. Can we all just keep it quiet? And that worked. And I think this happened again, but ages ago when it was revealed that Sim was out. You know, the press were asked, don't reveal this, and one did, and then da-da-da. That being said... I don't know about you guys, but I did not pick that Razor was the master until he started talking to Missy. Yeah, neither. And oh, really? You know... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing for me, because I I tend to stay away from social media in between the episode screening in the UK and when I get yep. to see it. Yep. And I I I. For some reason, I had a mental blank on blank on the Sunday morning and just went online as usual and and saw a, a random comment and unfortunately that comment what did blow the fact that who Sim was playing oh. and so then when I was watching the episode, I was kind of going, "Is this really weird?" Because he was so convincing in, as in his disguise. I was thinking, did the, uh, in the back of my mind, I was starting to question myself. I was going, "Did I read that right? Is that actually yeah, yeah. Did, was, was the person who posted it wrong?" Hmm. Yeah. Is the master actually the nurse? You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is the master inside one of the Cybermen? I mean, because I just thought his performance was spectacular. It yeah. was. It was amazing, and so much so that um, Rod and I were convinced it was a different actor. And we went back and looked at the cast list. It's like there's no actor listed for Razor. And then, of course, today the BBC have put out an interview with John Sim, which shows a time lapse video of him getting the makeup on. Bloody yeah. good makeup. Yeah, he talks about walking past the mirror and forgetting he's wearing the makeup and just looking in the mirror and getting freaked out. <laughs> like it's, it, it, it was certainly it was yeah. certainly a better disguise than Sir Giles Estrem. Oh god! Um, <laughs> so, did you see the interview with him where he was talking about how he was out on location in Cardiff with the Cybermen and all the people were gathered around snapping the Cybermen and no one was paying slightest bit of attention to him. <laughs> Because no really? one realised it was Johnson. <laughs> well, it's the beard, isn't it? <laughs> how, 
how we what do we think about next week? What what's the you know base? I'm not sure if you guys watched the trailers. Have you watched the trailers? Yeah. Next week? I have. Um, I have only watched the next time trailer. It's feeling a bit death in heaven. Uh-huh. I don't want it to be death in heaven. Most of the shots in the next time trailer, and indeed in the other trailer they released, do seem very samey, don't mm. they? They all seem like they're they're um, a battle in a field with a group of Cybermen mm. and, and Cybermen in a street, and mm. the whole of that it could be encapsulated in five minutes of the story. I I have this feeling, maybe it's a hopeful feeling that they're holding a lot back. And we're not seeing a lot of what's in next week's episode, and they're just showing bits that don't really mean anything to the plot because they want to hold back all the all the surprise. Maybe, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that might be the case as well because um, what I mean, what I got from the trailer, and this is just my supposition, is that you know we see the tenth planet Cyberman, we see the the Legion Cybermen, if you like, sort of the Cybers model, but from our dimension as seen in, like, Good Man Goes to War and whatnot, and then we see the Nightmare and Silver Cybermen. And so I'm wondering if the implication there is the super-evolution keeps going on and they keep building later models. I'm, at, I'm really hoping that we see, like, the wetsuit trout and Cybermen. Only, like, you only need them in one shot. I know that... Is it, is it John Ainsworth of Doctor Who magazine owns his own Cybersuit? They could borrow that. Um, wow. I, I want to see the Earth shock inside. Earth shock. Well, you know what? There are loads of fans. Do you see technical fans. term? Earth <laughs> <laughs> shock uh, There are loads of fans who have their own suits. So, you know, you can imagine the BBC yeah. contacting them and say, look, sign this non-disclosure. Do you want to come and be in Doctor Who as a Cyberman? Bring your own costume. How well, brilliant they, they would that be? Oh. They did that with Asylum of the Daleks, didn't they? they, they yeah, they, exactly. They fans to bring their, their props along. So, hey, do mm. it again. I would, but if, it's, it's a brilliant it's a brilliant idea I hope it's going to be true now I'll be disappointed yeah. if it's not <laughs> but that's the thing um, equally if it doesn't happen we haven't been promised it <laughs> exactly. this is true you've now, you've now just raised it in our minds now so now we're going to be expecting it and just oh, thanks a lot um, well yeah you know d- disappointment is what we do at Flight Through Entirety <laughs> um, so last questions um, with this episode next week what's happening with Bill what, what do you reckon the final outcome for Bill is going to be after you, Paul. <laughs> um, I don't think Bill's story is finished. Um, I don't know what the ultimate outcome for her is, but if we never really get any more of Bill in any form, then then it does feel like unsatisfying. It feels like the, her dramatic arc isn't quite complete. Whether she'll get a complete um, saving, whether she'll somehow magically be restored to human um, form or whether she stays a Cyberman, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't really pick it either way. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I agree with Paul. I think that Bill is going to somehow be saved. And it, I've, I've just been kind of thinking about the fact that Moffat's going out. He's killed Amy and Rory. He's killed Clara. Okay, she's a zombie, but she's still dead. Um... Before, and we've got to think about Danny Pink as well. Yeah, you know, D- he's killed Danny Pink. Um, In sim- River, similar circumstances. Yeah, <laughs> River was killed before he even became producer. So it's like, give give us this one. You know, this is it's the Doctor Falls, but I think there's going to be a Doctor Dancers moment in there. And also, it's the fact that, you know, most of the new series Cybermen, the Cybermen and the Nightmare in Silvermen, they are human bodies shredded throughout a suit. Mm-hmm. The Mondasian Cybermen are 
or Mondasian, as Peter Capaldi pronounces it, um, are humans inside a suit. They haven't been cut up. They haven't been shredded. A and we see in that last shot that she's still in there. So yeah. I think that restoring her, for instance, would be much easier than restoring Jackie or restoring, uh, what was Cyberwoman's name, Lisa Hallett. So, yeah, I think Bill will be saved, but at a great cost. I think Nardole could become a Cyberman, quite possibly. Given that he's already a cyborg, why it not? Feels, it feels like we need a payoff to all those hints we've been given about Nardole throughout the season, doesn't it? Mm. I'm going to throw in a uh, theory from one David Renane, who wrote in especially. Um, oh, yes. And his theory, let's see if this is right. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. The Master, uh -huh. after being betrayed by Missy will regenerate into Missy. Uh-huh. And Missy, who redemptively sacrifices herself to save the Doctor, regenerates into Bill. Uh. The Doctor has to then dump Bill into the past and fabricate her history and family as seen as the start of the season. It would also mean that all of the Doctor's wishes to have adventures with an old friend were fulfilled when he travelled with Bill. Yeah. Uh, where, 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 where does that leave the master at the end of the story? Still as Bill? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Hang how on. dramatically Hang do you on. wind that yeah. up? <laughs> well, it's interesting. You just now, it's funny you should say that, Paul, because um, he's gone on to oh, something good. saying, good the good. doctor does all this whilst he's mortally wounded and fighting off his next regeneration and ends up arriving in Antarctica just in time for the events of the 10th planet in order to save the Mondasian cyber bill <laughs> before the Cybermen are uh, destroyed at the end of the story. This leads into a Christmas Carol-esque special uh, which possibly has, um, I can't really say any more about that because it's got a little potential spoiler for Ghost of Christmas past. Uh, blah, 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 and basically either the, the Cyber Master Bill either regenerates into somebody else, <laughs> dies, does a ten and dish healing regeneration, <laughs> David, this is actually really good, or does the above but has an axe to grind with the Doctor, leaving her behind and Pearl Mackie gets to go on as a villain. Right. Yeah. Well, it's creative, I'll give you that. <laughs> it, it's, I, it, I actually want Bill not to be anyone special. I, I, I really want Bill mm, to be an mm. ordinary person. Mm. We've, we've kind of seen, we've seen the whole sort of companion turns out to be someone incredibly special with, with, with Clara, and I kind of want Bill to be the opposite of that. So she's definitely yeah. not Susan? No, not, uh, not, uh, not for my money. Can I just say congratulations to John Priddle, who correctly guessed who was in the vault. Because John ah. Priddle said it was Doctor Who, and actually it was Doctor <laughs> Who in the box. <laughs> I, well done, John. You win a 10th uh, Planet episode four. Coming in and miss, missing episodes 10 to your door. John, well, you're still waiting for your missing episode to come out of the vault, right? Wait till next week. <laughs> yeah, wait till <laughs> next week. Next week. It's not over till it's over. I, I'm Doctor Who. And by the way, my piano is full of something called Marco Polo. <laughs> Brilliant! <laughs> it's time for this week's regeneration game, and this week, uh, Paul and Brendan, you are going to be taking part in a game called Father-in-Law's Day. Okay. Yes. Uh -huh. 
So it's a spin on Father's Day, you see. That lovely um, Christopher Eccleston episode from series one yes. of the new series. Um, so what we have here is um, my father-in-law, Bruce. Uh, let's put it this way. He's not a Doctor Who fan. I don't think he's ever seen an episode of Doctor Who in his life. Uh, and what we've done is put in front of him uh, six Doctor Who monsters and ask them to say what he sees. So your basically your your challenge is to try and guess what Doctor Who monster he is describing. Oh, okay. You're up for the challenge. Who'd like to go first? Mm-hmm. Yes. After you, Paul. Oh, okay. All right, Paul. You ready? Here we go. This is a Bruce and a Doctor Who monster. Oh my God! Another bird flying in for the kill. <laughs> Packed all that meat to pieces and hovering over his head and packed out all the eyes. And the bloody bird's not looking the best himself. Oh, my goodness. A bird hovering over someone. Wow. And not Um, looking too good himself. Oh, gosh. Okay, total guess here. I'm going to go Black Guardian. It was not the Black Guardian. I've got an idea. Yes. Is it the Ergon? It is the Ergon! Woo, well done! <laughs> Excellent. When, when he said the bird's not looking too good himself, I'm like, okay, what avian monsters do we have in Doctor Who? And it's either, <laughs> yeah. the, it's either, the, it's either the Ergon or Nicola Bryant in Dungeons of Varos. So I went for the Ergon. Very good. Well done. You've done it. Or, 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 the, or the chicken monster in Vincent and the Doctor. Oh, yeah, That's I forgot true. about him. Um, never, or, never, or, or saw right through him. Or, <laughs> um, Thank you. <laughs> all right, uh, Brendan, you've got half a point on the board, and it is your okay. turn now. Here we go. You ready? Yes. Here we go. Oh my God, this guy is—he's—he's he's deceased. He looks like a—he looks like a mummified form of lizard, a guana. Two Atara buttons all over him. What is that? Okay, so some form of mummified lizard with buttons all over him. Some form of mummified lizard with buttons all over him. Um, oh, the buttons thing is throwing me. Uh, I'm going to go with a Fomasi. It is not a Fomasi. Paul. Gosh, that was going to be my guess. <laughs> Um, gosh, mummified lizard. (laughs) Sorry, I just know what the answer is. (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be worried if you didn't know what the answer is. Sometimes I've wondered with some of these. Uh, The thing that the buttons thing, it's not um, the hemovores from Curse of Fenric, is it? It is not. It is not. It is a Zygon. Ah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Where, where's the, where's yeah. the mummified bit come into it? Um, Probably because they've well, got no I'm, nose. Oh, Sorry, maybe. Paul. My father in law is not here to answer that question. Um, but, nope. um, <laughs> you know. All right. Uh, Paul, here is, here is your next one. Okay. Oh, my holy gosh. Combination of men dressed up in, with armour or some form of uniform with little island fluffy things around their knees and something that's dropped in down from the sky or the Amazon. (laughs) 
I've got to say, John, your reputation for having <laughs> really difficult quizzes is uh, intact. Fluffy things around their knees wearing uniforms. <laughs> is it me at Mardi Gras? <laughs> yes. It is you at Mardi Gras. Drop down from the right. Amazon. Down from the Amazon. Oh, grief. I feel like I should know this. The fluffy oh. things around, it's, he says their knees, it's kind of more their kind of calves. Oh. Uh-huh. It's not the cheetah people from Survival, is it? No, it's not. Brendan? Is it the Monoptera? It's the, not the, it's, sorry, it's not the Monoptera. <laughs> it is the Mandrels. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yep, yep, yep. You got it? Okay. Yep. All right, Brendan, here we go. Your next one. Okay, yep. My golly gosh. Gremlins. Phallic symbol. Huh. Hairy head. I've got no idea, but very scary. Gremlins, phallic symbol, and a hairy head. Can I just say before I answer this, I love your father-in-law's voice. It's amazing. Um, okay. Now, can I just say, hairy yep. probably isn't the right term. Would it's bristly really be hair. a better term? Br- bristly could be. Okay, then I'm going to go for a vervoid. No. Okay. Paul? How many phallic symbol monsters have there been in Doctor Who? <laughs> I, I, I mean, because it's phallic symbol, I want to say Alpha Centauri. With a, with a hairy head? Well, you said it, well, hairy was a misleading bit. Well, but yeah, but it's oh, okay, kind of... Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that was my guess, so if I'm wrong... Oh, really? Wrong. Okay. Yeah. It was a Fendal. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I mean, I've got no answers to these things. Yeah... Has, has, has he been to a doctor recently? Just, <laughs> yeah, just, put it, concern. just um, putting it out there. <laughs> um, we, we currently, I think it's just a tall, lock. anyway, I don't want to go there. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Brendan, Brendan uh, you have half a point on the board, so you're currently <laughs> ahead. Um, oh Paul, you need to kind of get this one, okay? You ready? No pressure. All right. Yep. Here we go. Oh my golly gosh, <laughs> morons from the past, they're all dead and they're out to do the harker on the rugby field down in Dunedin. And the mist, oh the mist, oh my god, look out the English squad. <laughs> <laughs> now there are, there are actually some clues in there. So he said mist. He said right. mist. Mm. He said, oh my god. A, there's a group of them. Yep, and they're all dead. They're all dead? Yeah, but his idea of what might be dead might be sort of misleading. <laughs> I've been caught out by this before. Oh, I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to go with the Marshmen from, from Full Circle. It's not the Marshmen. Ah. Oh, you're going to kick yourself about this one, Paul. Uh, right. Brendan? It, is it the sea devils waking up from hibernation in Warriors of the Deep? No. Good. Good, uh, good guess, but no. Paul, okay. It was the Hemovores from Curse of Fear. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, now, Brendan. Yes. This is yours. If you get this, you win. If yep. you don't get it, and Paul gets it. It's a tie. Okay. Right. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. 
Good luck with this one, Brendan. Good luck. <laughs> oh, I love this. Bruce Wayne all over, dressed up to kill this poor innocent lady of his. I don't know whether that's his girlfriend or whether Bruce Wayne, alias Batman, is coming in for the kill. Now, I'll give you a clue. Slight yes. Clue. Uh, this is based on a publicity photo. So it's like a staged publicity photo. A staged photo where he's dressed to kill and about to kill his girlfriend. As Batman. Hmm. As Batman. <laughs> yes. Right. Bloody hell. <laughs> I've got a guess lined up. Good, good. Um, look, the only... Is it a monoid? It is not a monoid, but I know okay. what publicity photo you're thinking of. Yes. <laughs> okay, Paul? Paul, over to you. <laughs> is, it, is it the Vord with Caroline Ford? It is the Vord with Caroline Ford, and you've got oh, points well on the done. board. Yes! Well done. <laughs> well, congratulations. We're not even going to have a tiebreaker. I think you're both winners this week. So well done to you both. And, um, you know, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks also to, to Bruce, one of the best not we that I know. I Thank think you, you need to have him as a guest on your podcast. <laughs> It'll <Totally>. be hilarious. <laughs> Maybe next series. <laughs> now it's time for just a quick round of Anything But Who, which is where we talk about uh, things that are spinning our wheels this week that are not related to Doctor Who. And we'll start with Paul. Uh, I celebrated my... Uh, 49th birthday last week and one of the presents I got was something I've been coveting online for a while and this is the um, recent release of the Lego Saturn V rocket and I've got to say as a long time Lego <laughs> connoisseur this is one of my all time favourite sets it is just wonderful uh, it took me two days to put it together and it stands a metre tall and it's just one of the most a impressive metre tall. sets a metre tall it Holy is heck. just incredibly impressive. It's so detailed that the nose cone actually contains the lunar lander. When you open <laughs> it up, it's got the lunar lander inside it. It wow. is spectacular. It's just brilliant. Go go online and have a look at the photos of it. You'll be sold on it. Brilliant. And it's selling think, out really, really fast everywhere. It's a limited edition set, so it's, it's going quickly. I think you put some photos up on your Facebook page as well, didn't you? I did. The, I the, did, final, yeah. the final thing. Um, oh, yeah. That's wow. What is, what is it? And I know it was a birthday present, but, you know, everyone Googles the price. How much? What does it retail for? I wouldn't have a clue. I haven't looked. Oh, good on <laughs> you. <laughs> it's very good of you. But I'm sure, I'm sure it must be expensive. It's a pretty big set. Yeah. Very nice. And well done to Rochelle for, you know, yeah. making that, that purchase. I presume it was yeah. from Rochelle. Yes, it is, yeah. Nice. Excellent. Uh, Brenda. Well, first of all, happy birthday, Paul. Oh, thank um, you. Secondly, I would like to recommend a non-Doctor Who podcast and the series which it discusses. Um, so the podcast is the X-Men TAS podcast, and it is appropriately enough discussing X-Men the Animated Series from uh, the 1990s. Now, much like Doctor Who, it was a big part of uh, my childhood, it's um, one of the most faithful adaptations of X-Men onto a screen medium, um, which is amazing considering they were compressing then 30 years of comic book 
chronology into 22-minute animated episodes. Um, so I would recommend, if you haven't seen it, check out the series. It's only 70 of those 20-minute episodes long. And yeah, then have a listen to um, Willie and Sonia on the X-Men TAS podcast. Because uh, it does what X-Men does so well in um, in discussing social issues through the... Um, through the paradigm of the sort of fictional mutant evolution happening on Earth and manages to do so in a way that's entertaining and accessible to children without being sort of preachy educational television. It's just an adventure series with a really strong sense of um, positive morality. And the uh, Willie and Sonia on the X-Men Taz podcast are just absolutely charming to listen to. They they watched the series as children before they met, and now they have met, and they're watching it through again as adults and talking about what they remember oh. from the time and what they see now. Um, yeah, and it, it just... it For me, it also brings up those memories of the series, but I think for anyone watching the series for the first time, there'd be uh, stuff for them to find there too. So yes, that's my anything but who that is getting me through uh, my gym workouts and train journeys in the morning. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I can recommend an, uh, another podcast as well. In the lead up to Game of Thrones, which comes out, or starts again in about three weeks, um, which is called A Cast of Kings. Have you guys, are you guys Game of Thrones fans? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So A Cast of Kings is honestly one of the greatest TV-based podcasts I've ever listened to. Um, it is wonderful to listen to after you've watched an episode of Game of Thrones because they essentially just drill right down into it. They've got one person who's never read the books and one person who has read all the books, which was mm-hmm. kind of more relevant for the earlier series, but still great. Um, and they just essentially go through it scene by scene and it is a bloody great podcast. Um, have, they, actually, have they been going since the beginning? They have. I think they started right. from series two and then uh, okay. just after series five, I think they went back and did uh, series one. So you can actually listen to the entire series. Um, but A Cast of Kings, really, really good. Joanna Robinson and Dave Chen. Uh, that's not actually my thing this week. My thing is actually slightly Doctor Who related, so I'm sort of breaking the rules. But I kind of want oh. your guys' advice because I am trying to jump ahead of the oncoming train of um, DVD out-of-datedness. And I'm going to sell my Doctor Who DVD collection. Now... My question is this, how do you sell it? Do you sell it as one big chunk or do you sell it in bits and pieces or individual DVDs or do you sell it in series? Come at me. What do you reckon? Uh, <laughs> the market is slowly dying for DVDs. So I I'm know! Speaking a, I'm speaking as a retailer here, obviously. Mm. But uh, we're finding it progressively more difficult to shift our last remaining stock of DVDs. We're getting out of them. We used to be a big DVD retailer, particularly for Doctor wow. Yeah. And and yeah, just even even new releases are just not 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 doing the business anymore, which is really sad because you know I you know I'm still a collector, obviously. But um, do you want to buy yeah, a second can... DVD collection? <laughs> yeah, what do you add to my my my, my complete one already? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I yeah, the, the the difficulty with selling this one complete set is that you you're looking for someone who's got a considerable amount of money to spend. Yeah. Whereas if you sell them individually, there are going to be a lot of people out there who still want to plug gaps in their collections. So mm. you're going to get a lot more takers for individual titles. I wonder if you do them by Doctor. You just say like the complete 
Paul McGann. Well, you could do, but then yes. then you're targeting people who have only collected other doctors other than the one you're I selling. Know. Presume, Can you so. see my conundrum? I yeah. <laughs> I I honestly think that you're going to do better business if you sell them individually. I know the pain of having to list them individually. I get you. Or you could do them by season, maybe. I don't know. Uh, we're talking. Yeah, I know it's getting fiddly, but um, but yeah, the more the you more the break it down, the more sales you're going to get because because there will be people with gaps in their collections. Whereas there's very few people out there who haven't bought any of them but want to buy the entire set. That's yeah. that's a that's a niche customer. I know, yeah. and the time is ticking every day. I think the value of those things are just slowly dropping, dropping, dropping. dropping. We. We got donated just the other week a fairly extensive collection. I think, Johnny, you saw them when we got them in the shop. A extensive collection of um, Doctor Who VHS tapes. Yeah. And we put them outside our shop and put, you know, we put on the sign on it, put make a donation to the SPCA because that's our shop's charity of choice. And no takers. And eventually we just put free to a good home and they still sat out there for over a week. You're joking. And I can, yeah. I mean, these are commercial VHS tapes, not or not off airs. These are ones, yeah. you know, in their proper covers and everything. And oh. and and yeah, it's just like <laughs> the other it funny thing. So sad. <laughs> the other funny thing is, in in amongst all those, um, you know, commercial b- releases, and I didn't notice it at first because we just put them all out there. Was a reconstruction of Marco Polo with with a printed case. You know, it was a, you know one of the <laughs> one of the. Um, change of identity or whatever the ones who did the you know the 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 reconstructions back in the 1990s and put them out on vhs and i thought even that got overlooked you know (laughs) everyone who had a rummage through that bin go oh i don't want that god do you know what paul imagine if you'd had just binned them all and inside it was actually marco polo on vhs and you'd found another missing episode well, it can't be there because it's actually in the vault, isn't it, Jono? It it's true, which is coming out next week. So let's just <laughs> wait the... and see. <laughs> so I'm yeah, no, telling you. <laughs> so I kind of feel, and it's terrible to say, but I feel that you know, sometime in the future, that DVD is going to suffer a similar fate. That they're going to be sitting in boxes outside, make a donation because they're, like you mm. say, they're coming to the end of their life, which God. is a bit sad. It is I really talked to, sad. I mean, like I say, I talk to a lot of customers in our store, and certainly the younger customers are all about streaming them. They find them online and they just watch them. They don't never they never physically own a copy, I, even as a download. They just mm. just stream it from somewhere. Well, it's okay because I'm going to buy all my um, Doctor Who classic episodes from the BBC store. Ah, no, wait, hang on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you missed your opportunity there, didn't you? Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, can, um, can we will. Do, yeah. <laughs> we will. Uh, I'll let you know how I get on with with all of that <laughs> and um, and the three dollars I managed to get from selling the collection. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's the reverse of you collecting Target books. That's true. Uh, so that is it for this week for Zeus Plug. If you want to get in touch, very very simple. We're at Zeus Plug on Twitter. You can email us zeusplugpodcast at gmail.com or also on Facebook too so you can find us there but thank you very much to Brendan Jones and to Paul Schoons for a wonderful episode thank you thank you for having me and uh, hopefully all our dreams come true for next week's episode The Doctor Falls until then have a wonderful week see you later bye bye good night
pain, pain, pain. Man, I was made for that part.